Welcome to Always Say the Unsaid. My name is Maria. This is a podcast that aims to explore truth in a very personal way, because I believe that we can't lead meaningful lives if we aren't living from a place of truth. This podcast is also a challenge to me personally to walk the talk and to put into practice the art of living truthfully. Today, I want to talk about assumptions, which is probably a weird topic when paired with the subject of truth, but I think it's relevant. Here's why. I had this moment a few months ago when I was walking in circles around a mall trying to find a um, Christmas dress for my daughter for a music recital. I was fuming, I was irritated, I couldn't find what I was looking for, which was making my mood uh, feel even worse, and the entire time I was blaming it on my poor husband. Why? Because I felt like he had kept information from me, I felt like I um, could have avoided shopping at the last minute if he had only given me um, the information on the dress code in advance. I was blaming everything on him and feeling just additionally irritated and consumed with frustration. Later, when I backtracked over the entire situation and just broke it down, first he told me about the recital, I assumed it was on Zoom. Second, he told me it would be live in person. I assumed it would be a small affair at the instructor's home. Third, he told me it would be a bigger to-do at a church. I assumed any old outfit would do. I suddenly realized that the common thread stringing everything together was my assumptions over the entire situation. I never asked any questions. I only ever assumed. And it was my assumptions, not my husband's lack of forthright communication, that led to me roaming the mall in that big huff and puff. I realized that I needed to take responsibility for my own thoughts rather than pass the buck. And I realized that this is what assumptions are. It's us setting ourselves up to be wrong, then passing the blame onto someone else when, inevitably, we are wrong. Assumptions are a bit of a mind trick, and they keep us from being honest and from viewing the world with honesty. This is why I felt like it was an important topic to discuss over this podcast, because obviously, if it keeps us from being honest, it's keeping us from the ultimate truth. Let's be more specific. What are things that we assume that keep us removed from honesty? Just off the top of my head, here are some examples. That someone is mad at us, maybe because they haven't responded to a text fast enough, that we've offended someone, that a person or people don't like us, that they think we didn't do a good job on a project, maybe because they didn't immediately shower us with praise, that a person giving us a look is judging us when maybe they're just lost in their own thoughts and happen to be looking in our direction that we're going to get in a lot of trouble over something that we did. This last example happened in my home this week. My daughter did something she shouldn't have done, not on purpose, but she was goofing off as kids do and really not thinking about what she was doing. In the process, someone got a little hurt. And my daughter, who hates getting in trouble, went straight into worst case scenario mode, assumed that all of the worst possible things that could happen to her at school would happen, that she would get all of the worst possible consequences for her actions. Given that the other child, the child that got a bit hurt, was also my other child, I knew no, none of this was going to be true, but she would. Uh, she went immediately down the rabbit hole of um, assumption. Anyway, back to the list, the constant here is that they're all negative. When we make assumptions, more often than not, they are about the bad things that can happen. They play to the negative tapes in our minds. We don't assume, wow, that person really loves me. I mean, that could be an assumption, but it's just generally speaking, not the way our minds work. And when I think to the moments in my recent life, when I felt pain, stress, anxiety, frustration, sadness, I think that for most of those instances, 
causing all of those feelings can be linked back to the assumptions made in my mind, fabricated stories I told myself without bothering to verify the details. And that's on me. I can't blame anyone else for those feelings. I need to take responsibility there. I mentioned Byron Katie in the last episode, and I would like to go into her work a little bit more here because it fits perfectly with this notion of causing ourselves pain based on the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we choose to listen to. Byron Katie developed something called the work, which is a series of four questions to be applied to our thoughts and a final turnaround at the end. The intention of the questions is to show us, if we're ready and open, how our thoughts are not the same as our reality. Katie says that she is a lover of reality because in reality, there is no pain. The work is simply this. You judge your thought, you write it down, ask the four questions, and then you turn it around. And that's it. It's so simple. And yet, if you read her books or her um, website or go on YouTube and watch her her channel or listen to her podcast, you'll see that really it is very, very simple. For me, I think this it might be the single most powerful book that I've read this year to date. Um, I'll use the example above to show you how it works. So you take something that causes you frustration and you write it down. My statement could be, for example, my husband never tells me the information I need to know to get things done on time for our family. Then I ask the four questions. Question one, is it true? Well, I mean, I've already determined on this, uh, in this case that it's not true. It's simply a figment of my assumptions. So I can safely say, no, this statement is not true. Question two, can I absolutely know that it's true? Um, I've already determined that it's not, but if it's one that's a bit more challenging, well, this is where you could break it down even further. Question three, how does this thought make me feel? It makes me feel stressed out, frustrated, out of control, which is a big one, and like I need to rush. Question four, how would I feel without this thought? I would feel calmer, more at ease, like I didn't need to worry about time, just generally more relaxed. And I can say that as I'm saying this, I feel on the inside like um, like that's the effect that I want. Like that's what I'm aiming for. But I would, I can just feel the relaxation by eliminating the thought. It's happening immediately within me. And now the turnaround. So this could be a 180 degree change. For example, my husband always tells me the information I need to know to get things done on time. Um, if that one doesn't feel 100% authentic, then there's always other ways you can try it. So for me, for example, I could say, I always tell my husband what information I need to know. Um, this one actually makes me feel more uncomfortable, but I think it's because it's more accurate because by not asking questions for more details, he's only giving me the information that he thinks I want to know at the time. The point here is to recognize that it's our thoughts that cause us pain. And when we analyze them at the end of the day, we can save ourselves, save ourselves from pain by focusing on the reality, the truth of the situation. And when you're not bogging your mind down with all these false stories, assumptions, and judgments, you're leaving yourself free to hear more of the true voice that's within you, the voice of your own consciousness. Without distraction, your own voice becomes more clear. I'm going to be honest with you. Doing the work is work. You have to do it continuously, consistently, if you want to notice a difference. And if you're truly seeking peace in your own mind, it's like exercising a lesser used muscle. It won't come easily to you at first. It will feel like a struggle tedious and difficult. 
But then maybe one day you're looking at your kid who's refusing to brush his teeth and you'll be able to see beyond the fact that he's not listening to you and all that ego and control stuff that normally goes along with that fact. Then maybe one day when you would normally be immediately irritated as soon as a coworker opens their mouth, this time you just feel calm. And maybe one day, despite your tumultuous relationship with your mother, you end up feeling compassion. And the next day after that, you might go back to judging and you might have to start all over again, but it'll get easier each time you practice. It gets easier. I haven't even been doing it for that long, but I can see it already. Circling back to assumptions, try the work the next time you catch yourself assuming you know what's going on with someone else. For example, the next time you assume that someone is mad at you, but you haven't asked them about it, ask yourself, is it true? If you haven't asked them and they haven't told you, the only answer can be no, because you cannot absolutely know it to be true. Immediately, you'll feel relieved of the stress you feel over having the possibility that someone could be mad at you. Go through the remaining questions, then turn around. And so, so so-and-so is not mad at me. That's the truth. God, it's all just so simple. Who knew it could be so simple? Again, what I love about this is that my mind, my energy is freed from the chains of all the false stories. And what a difference that makes in this journey toward inner truth. On the next episode, I'd like to discuss courage. Although the inner voice is always the first to say the unsaid, it does take a great deal of courage to actually pay attention. See you next time.